0: Welcome to Conversations on Life, Work, and Love, hosted by coaches Bonnie Blackstone and Ramey Gibbs. Our focus is to give voices to Gen X women and help them achieve a well-lived life.
1: Hello, Miss Bonnie. Hey, Ramey. How's it going?
0: It's going great. I'm so excited. We've got our first guest this week.
1: Yes, we do. Someone other than ourselves to talk to. I'm excited. I know,
0: right? (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, good. So today, our first guest, as we said to our podcast, her name is Sally Mainprice. And I'm starting with her school just because there's a reason I'm doing this. So she's a graduate of the University of Missouri with a degree in biology and chemistry. And the reason I want to bring that up is because she is a perfect example of someone whose pursuits weren't held back by her degree. So often Mm -hmm. we get stuck in the idea we went to school for this, so we have to do this. And a lot of times it doesn't bring us happiness. So So, so I have to bring that up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So true. Yeah. And as Sally likes to say, she is equal parts Yoda and Hobbit. (laughs) She is an event (laughs) industry veteran with over 23 years of experience. She's led marketing and event initiatives for Fortune 500 organizations, such as USPS and FedEx. She ventured out of corporate America and joined a small event company in 2013. She ultimately started her own business, Iron Peacock events in 2017 and at the age of 57. Wow. We love, love, love <laughs> that she was able to pivot herself and follow her passion in the latter part of her career. Her small business survived the pandemic and has begun to thrive again. She loves making lasting impressions Proving ROI, which means return on investment, and helping people reach their purpose. Sally, her spouse, Danny, and their rescue pity live in the Dallas area. When she's not working, Sally and her hubby love heading to the Caribbean for some scuba diving. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, Sally, you are one of my favorite people. You have the kind of spirit and the most giving heart. I have had the honor to work with her for the past few years, and I'm so excited to have her as our guest today. Welcome to the podcast, Sally. Hey, Welcome. thank you. Welcome, no, Sally.
2: Thank you. Oh, that touched <laughs> my heart. Thank you, Ramy. I appreciate that. Ah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm setting the bar, right? As the first guest, I'm setting you are. the bar, here, yeah. Right. I'm so, <laughs> my
1: best. Yeah. You are yes, going forward. People are going to have some work to do. Well, Sally, once again, welcome. I'm excited to hear your story. Um, So tell us a little bit about your career leading up to the start of um, your business. Yes.
2: So Remy mentioned that uh, I was all science in college, biology degree, Uh chemistry minor, and promptly went to work in marketing when I left (laughs) Cool. Uh, You you never know what's going to happen. But you know, know. you're prepared with a degree. You're prepared better for life, I think, in general with a degree. So at that time, I actually was doing marketing, oddly enough, for a hotel chain, not knowing that eventually I would come back into hospitality. But Sometime after that, I took the test for the good old U.S. Postal Service. And believe it or not, I was a letter carrier for several (laughs) years. You started there? Wow. Okay. I did. I did. Um, I ended up, boy, this is going to, this is really, of course, we've already said my age. So why not, you know, just just pile on with that. Uh, I ended up in the ZIP plus four department. So as the ZIP plus four was being assigned all over the nation, I was a part of that.
0: Oh, my goodness.
2: Okay, (laughs) And then I ended up in national sales on a team of 100 in the U.S. Postal Service that uh, really built a marketing program. I don't know that they have much of one anymore, but uh, Priority Mail and Express Mail were just coming out and doing well at that time. And I ended up on uh, a trade show team. And that's really what got me interested in events. That was the precursor right there.
1: Wow. cool. Very cool. I'm really impressed by your ability to to break away um and I'm just excited to hear more about it because I think that um as Remy said we get so stuck yeah. in um you know our degrees or our path supposed path in life and so much blockage and fear to move on and build our own our own way um right Right. So right. you worked in corporate America, obviously the post office for quite a while. Um, what made you decide to um, break away from corporate America? And you know, and following that up, what was the decision to start your own business?
2: So I actually was with FedEx Services at the time that I started to get a little antsy, if you will, about Mm -hmm. being in corporate. Great job, great corporation. Um, But I had reached the point here in Dallas where if I wanted to do something further with FedEx Services, their headquarters was in Memphis, and -hmm. they were asking me to move. And after talking with my spouse, Danny, uh, about that, it, it was just something that we didn't want to do. So I had the option to stay right where I was and continue working in the FedEx office division. But in looking around at that, it was also kind of like, meh, <laughs> nothing mm-hmm. really here that that I really want to go to. And the th- third thing, I think, is really when you're in, in a corporation, uh, large, medium, or really of any size, you, you're kind of a cog in a wheel. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, that old saying is really true. There's a lot of things going on around you that you can't affect, um, you know, things and people and just ideas and culture that you would like to be different, but you can't change it at the point, you know, you're one person. Yeah, absolutely. So I think really those three things were the, the big deals into why I left corporate America. And why did I start uh, my own business i was always through the years even at the us postal service the most successful and able to show return on investment with the meetings and events that we produced so i felt that i had a great deal of success there and it would really be fun to go out into the world and help other businesses also be successful with their meetings and events we'd built a lot of processes and things around that and i was ready to share it and help other businesses be successful with
1: it too Wonderful. Well, I can tell in you know, our listeners obviously can't see your face, but we're recording via video here and your face just lights up when you talk about it. So I, I love that. Um, I Thanks. also love the name of your company, Iron Peacock Events. Um, where did that name
2: come from? It, it, it was funny. Um, my brother, I have just one sibling, my brother, he's four years older than I am. Uh when I, when I, he, he knew I was leaving corporate America, of course, was going to open my own business and it was going to be meetings and events. And I was tossing around, you know, what do I name it? I, I don't know. I'd been in marketing long enough that I wanted it to be something interesting and fun, but be honest, I'm not the most creative person in the whole world. <laughs> so when I did name it, I called him up and I said, Hey, guess what? You named my company. And he, there was a pause on the phone. He goes, what? <laughs> but years before He had had an antique shop in rural Missouri, and in his travels, he actually came upon this metal peacock that somebody had welded and cut from metal, and there she was, loud and proud, and he thought it was the funniest thing. So he purchased it, put it up in his store, and actually called his store Iron Peacock Events. I always loved that name. Years passed. The store's closed. And that name came back to me and I thought, well, how could that apply to meetings and events? And it really does, because in meetings, and events, we t- do two very diametrically um, different things. Um, We deal with the iron, which is the structure, the processes, Mm -hmm. the budgets, the timelines, everything, all the details, thousands of details that go into an event. It has to be structured in order to be successful. There have to be deadlines. There has to be owners, all of that. That's really Mm -hmm. the iron. But on the opposite end, we're dealing with people. These are humans that have needs. They want hope. They want a better way to do something in their life. They want to make a change. They're emotional. um, And we want to help them improve. So that's the other side of that. So with those two things together, Iron Peacock, that's what meetings and events do. Perfect. Perfect.
0: (laughs) So Sally, tell us a little bit about starting your business. I want to hear about the emotional piece of it first. And then let's kind of talk about the physical part of did you build the big business plan? Did you do all the right things? So kind of walk me through that emotional piece of I've left... I've left a job that I've been in for, what were you, seven years, I think, or something of that specific position yeah. when you made the jump, starting my own thing. What did you feel like? What did you go through?
2: You know, and I think one of you said it earlier, it it takes a lot of courage to make that leap, especially does. if you've been in corporate America, because, you know, you're used to hopefully a good salary. You're used to all the benefits it's kind of safe, you know, in that little warm box, even though you may not be as happy as you would be doing your own thing, it's hard to break out of it. And it does take a lot of courage. The fact is before I opened Iron Peacock, I actually was doing some searching um, through a, a human resources. And I, I did apply and I did a couple of interviews those doors were closed so quickly <laughs> oh, wow. after that, that I really couldn't question anymore that obviously God thought I could do this and that I should do it. And I needed to just buck up, put my fear away and give it a try.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
0: So you did that. And then how did you kind of get yourself started? Did you do the business plan? Or what? <laughs> What was yeah. The process so I there? wouldn't
2: recommend doing it the way I did it. I kind of had it all in my head. I didn't really write it down.
0: Okay. Um,
2: I simply kind of knew what it would take for me to get it started. We have a very low overhead um, company other than, you know, salaries. That's that's really our big number one thing. Um so I kind of knew what I could take out of my savings uh, in order to get it started up. I had uh, at least one person in mind that I thought would probably come with me and be able to be number my number one, if you will. Uh, and I just jumped and did it. I had a lot of contacts because of doing meetings and events for so many years, and I didn't think building the clientele base would be very tough. Um, so I, yeah, I just jumped in with both feet, no written business plan, um, kind of what I wanted to do in my head and Hey, let's see what happens
0: these first, this first year. That's super exciting. And you kicked off pretty well that first year, right? I mean, it, yeah. it was jumping and bumping. So yeah, that's it great. was, <laughs> okay. So I want to dig in and you, and you mentioned God in your last statement here a little bit. And I want to dig into this part because I know that's a very big part of who you are and how you drive your business. So tell us, let's start a little bit about what your belief system was like as a child and then how it became so important to you now.
2: Right. I grew up in Missouri. So like most of the kids in the Midwest, we went to Sunday school. (laughs) It was just a thing. And then I think like many young adults, you know, you get to school, you go to college, you kind of fall out of it. And I did too. But then again, as you become a not so young adult, life gets tough and you start to hit these valleys and, and there's nobody there anymore really to protect you from that. And so I kind of went back to my roots and that support system. I, I always had the feeling in my heart that, um, you know, God loves me and he will protect me. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to keep bad things from happening to me. But It's the promise that he would walk through them with me and that there's a new day and something else good that's coming. We just have to get through this valley. And I I've just always felt like maybe it's my conscious. You might call it, you know, a guardian angel. There's all kinds of words for it. But I just always felt that there was a higher presence that was always with me no matter what and would protect me and help me. Um, And I've had that, you know up until now and still do and hopefully always will.
0: So you've tied that to your business and how you make decisions and how you grow and what you do. How, tell us more about that if you can.
2: Yeah. So I really wanted the business to have a heart and a soul. Our values are not very business related. You wouldn't see these much. I don't think in any other uh, set of values, but our values are very simple. It's four words. Um, love, care, serve, share. And the revenue side is, yes, very important. And we want to grow and we want to become bigger. But that revenue doesn't do good by itself. Money doesn't do good by itself. But if Iron Peacock is successful and contribute in any way to the dreams and the vision that my team members have for their own lives and what they want to do, that's when we're successful. If we're making money, but we're not losing sight of those values and that culture that we've built, that's great. I've I've told my team before: if you ever see me pulling away from that and wanting to make money for money's sake and not tying it back to the good we can do with it, then you know somebody needs to come up here with a baseball bat and hit me across the head because that, that that's not what I want to do. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's re- it's really amazing. I I was telling Bonnie before we came on that. Um, it's such a unique way to run your business that, you know, I came from corporate America as well. And yeah, yeah, I do too. you don't see that. You just don't see that. And I, I really, um, I don't know. I, you know, honestly, it was kind of weird for me at first. And you know that <laughs> because I come from a different mental space when it comes to religion and all that. So right, it was a little right. challenging for me at first, but once I understood why and the peace and the values that it, come
2: from it and I was like okay all right this is all right I kind of like it <laughs> yeah well and even you know it's not just our team members it's it's our client we we think that you know you have opportunities every time you you touch somebody whether it's just for a minute a second you know an hour an event or if it's somebody that you work with and see every day and as humans It's our job to lift up those around us in any way that we can. I don't successfully do that every day. I get grouchy, you know, (laughs) I'm just, I'm human like we all are. But if that's always our goal to really love other people and help them in any small or big way that we can, we're doing the right thing.
0: And I think in the end, that's, that's what it is. I mean, your business is heart centered and, you know, most of us come from a, a belief system, regardless of how we get there, uh, kindness and love is what makes the world go round. So in the end, that's what it is. So, okay, well, good. So now that, you know, you've built your business and you've really built it around your spiritual core, do you feel like you're living your purpose, both in career and life?
2: Um, You know, I hope so. I think that life, because, my life looks very different now than it did 20 years ago, you know, than it did 30 years ago. I'm a real believer in kind of the grow where you're planted. I don't yeah. know what God has for me next, but I know for today um, I have been given this business to run and these people that run it with me and um, together it is my purpose to do that to the best of my ability for, for as long as it lets me last for as lo- long or as high as we can grow. Uh, and still keep our heads on and, you know, what he has for us on a day by day business uh, basis can change.
0: It's true. Life, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah,
1: sure. I love your your philosophy on that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty amazing, really. Okay, so as a business owner, I think everyone knows that you wear all of the hats. So one minute you're selling the company, the next minute you're marketing it, the next minute you're dealing with customers, the next minute you're paying bills, and it goes on and on and on. So as a business owner, you wear all of the hats. And on top of that, you travel a bit with your business because you have to be on site for client events. So there's a lot going on as a business owner. And how do you feel like you balance work, life, your spiritual efforts, fun, family? Do you feel like you're doing a good job? Where do you feel like you could improve?
2: Yeah, you know, I don't think right now I'm doing that very well. (laughs) It takes an effort every day. It is hard. It's hard. I'm I'm trying probably very similar to everybody that is, listening to this podcast. You know, as a business owner, it is difficult because you have to wear all those hats you mentioned. And a business owner within the first five years of business, two of which were the pandemic, um, it's hard to get your feet under you. I, I just really felt like I was beginning to lift out of the doing of the events and starting to really look at the business when the pandemic hit. And that just brought me straight back down into the doing of it. And I feel like I have, uh, I've started over in that way. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm going to blame it part on the environment and the economy, but I have to also be honest and say, you know, I'm a type A independent person. Uh, really? And and it's it's hard for me not to be in it. I love to delegate though. Um, But again, the pandemic kind of got in my way and the starting over was was a challenge. So it's an everyday, everyday Mm -hmm. effort to try to pull out of it and uh, be above it.
0: I know that you do make an effort, though, every day to go to the gym, right? I do. I do. That's what keeps me sane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know you do have some self-care features that you've built really built into your life. So going to the gym is one of them. Uh, right. I think last time we were talking, I think you were transitioning in, in the in the church sphere. I don't know if you started something else there or, or how you, you know, tell us a little bit about your practice as far as that goes.
2: Yeah. Um, so going to the gyms very important. I'm there four days uh, a week unless I'm traveling. Um, that really is more an emotional, spiritual thing, actually, than it is physical. Although I want to stay strong because when you're on on onsite at events, you know, you need to be strong strong and be able to stay on your feet mm-hmm. all day and lift things, et cetera. Um, spiritually, right now, we are still in transition. Um, and my husband and I just do daily Bible studies. We sometimes will also go through, um, my version is a, an app where they have lots of different, you know, um, specific studies that you can go through short term. You know, I, I struggle with the difference between spirituality and the beliefs of of Jesus and how he led his life. Unfortunately, here on earth, we have religion, a lot of which gets involved with, you know, man-made and man-running it. And it, it always, you know, anytime, unfortunately, people like us are involved in things, sometimes it's not going to be what it should be in all cases. And so, yeah, we're actually in between churches right now, um, more because of that. But that, that doesn't mean you can't stay in the word and understand, um, you know, what would Jesus do, if you will. Sure. You apply it to your life.
1: Right. Also, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Sure. Exactly. It's picking a um, spiritual path that speaks to your heart. And like you said, so much of it is man-made. Mm-hmm. So I really admire that, that you are staying true to your course. And again, it lights up your face when you talk about it. Well, thank you. And you mentioned the pandemic, and I think um, so many of us are here today uh, creating something new or looking for something new or questioning the old because of the dang pandemic. I mean, we had, you know, what are we going on? Year three of just uncertainty. We had the rug pulled out from under us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and your your business survived. And I mean, you mentioned, you know, it, it really really shook things up for you.
2: It did. But
1: um what are some of the biggest pieces of advice you would share with our audience um right now who want to start their own business who who are really this is the time to pull the trigger and let's go.
2: Yeah, I I think some of the things that um are the most important is if if at all possible uh build your business without debt. Now, if you're purchasing a restaurant or if you must have the building, you know, that the widgets are built in, obviously that's gonna be different, but I would say be as conservative as you can. And if you're able to build your business without debt, do it. I I wouldn't have made it through that second year. Uh, No doubt in my mind, I would not have made it through that second year of the pandemic had it not been for our ability to simply squeeze our expenses Uh, just down to what we were spending with our team members. And that was pretty much it. Mm -hmm. Um, My team is all virtual. They work from home. So, you know, it's built in that we have very little overhead. Uh, I would say, you know, don't buy things until you have the money in the business to do so. And and unless they're just absolutely critical and you can't do your business without them. And even within that, don't don't feel like it's all on you. As, As a leader, you've got to lead. But you've got a team there to include in your decisions. And I have always found that my team sometimes comes up with things that I wouldn't have thought of. And then finally, within that conservatism, though, compensate your team members well. Yeah. They are why I survive. It's it's the team. And I want to compensate them well. You know, I think we've said this word three or four times now. Be courageous. Don't let fear alone stop you. Go through, you know, make sure you've got the finances, make sure physically you can do it, make sure emotionally you're ready, make sure your your immediate family members agree, but don't just let fear stop you for fear's sake. And I guess the last one would be don't do like me and wait until you're 57. <laughs> you have the <laughs> opportunity and the ability to do it sooner, do it sooner. Do it now, I I Adam. But here we are. Yeah.
1: What are some of the things you wish you'd have um, done differently when starting your business besides starting before you were 57?
2: Yeah, um, things different. I, you know, that's it's hard to look back and see over the five years. I think we did a lot of things right. I think I probably should have used my network more to build the business. One of the things that I have difficulty doing is calling up somebody that I know and literally, you know, asking, uh, do you have a referral for me or do you have, you know, something that we can support you with? That's always been hard for me. Um, mm-hmm. even though I was in
1: sales for a very long time. It it's just it's just
0: hard. Yeah, it's hard for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah. I find it easier to talk to a stranger than to to call up a, a friend from high school and say, um, hey, I'm doing this thing. Right. You no. Know? Right. Yeah. You're right, Bunny. I agree with that. Yeah. What is the one thing that you would say you did right?
2: Um I would actually say two things. Again, it's that it's I I took $10,000 out of my savings in order to start the business. I didn't take a loan. I didn't do anything and um, waited to add people and spend other monies based on what we were bringing in as a company. And then the other thing I think that um, we were able to do well, again, I, I give it to the team. I've got some great team members and that will buy into this silly thing about yeah, it's the revenue and revenue is important, but if we're not contributing to your life as a team member or to the lives of our clients in a different way, we're not really doing our job and we're not successful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that ability to work and to affect people in a more personal way through business, uh I I feel like is something that we've done right.
0: Yeah, I would agree. So Sally what is the one biggest piece of encouragement that you could give our listeners that are, they really want to make that leap to jump out of corporate America, but they're scared. So what is that one huge piece of advice of encouragement that you could give?
2: Yeah. um, Believe in yourself. If you're afraid, but all the data that you've looked at around you uh, and what I mentioned earlier, if you've looked at it financially, emotionally, family support spiritually, are you ready? Um, physically, can you do it? Then let go. Just let go and make that leap. Don't let fear do it. In my case, pray a whole lot while you're doing it. <laughs> but yeah, just just believe in yourself.
0: You've believe got to Believe in yourself and go for it. Right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so tell us what's next for IPE? What What's your focus and how big do you think you want to take it? What's next?
2: Yeah. So if the pandemic taught me anything, it's to dream big, but plan one year at a time. (laughs) And actually, we do look three to five years out, um, but it's all very um, changeable within that amount of time. So we've kind of set our revenue goals for next year. We have a big picture of where we want to go as far as how big do we want to get. I'm just kind of letting the opportunities take us where they will. And I believe that, again, one step at a time, God's going to lead us where we need to be and where I need to take the team. I just need to listen uh, and to listen to the team as well. And, again, we're going to continue to grow and to get bigger as long as growth does not affect the core values and our mission that we have. Um, so who knows? We'll see. I'll, I'll come back as your 400th guest. How's and that? We'll a food, big yeah, that sounds great. I do. I have one
0: more question to follow up on that a little bit. So we talked about your business, but we didn't really ask you who's your ideal client and who who do you want to be your customer? Because you never know with people listening, there might be the perfect client out there too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a corporate business client that does multiple events a year and trade shows, if they exhibit at trade shows, we're ready to do that for them as well. We kind of like to keep the number of the size of the events that we do between 200 all the way up to about 2000 and the reason we don't want to get bigger than that it's kind of crazy it's like why are you capping that that's our sweet spot because that's still the size of client that we can get to know the attendees fairly well year after year uh they recognize us they learn our names we recognize them and learn their names and it's just kind of our sweet spot those um Companies usually of that size also don't have an internal event planner or they have one that does it ad hoc as part of their real career with that company, which makes it difficult. And we can come in and really take the logistics and help them build good strategy and take that uh, pressure off of the internal folks uh, who staff that across industry. We cross all kinds of industries. We like that. It keeps it interesting too.
0: It does keep it interesting. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for that. We like to have a little fun with our guests. Well, you are guest number one, but we've uh, interviewed our, each other. And one thing we like to, to ask is what are you reading? What would you recommend um, for business? And, one for spiritual growth, what would be a couple of really good books you would recommend?
2: Yeah, um, great question. I'm actually not reading a thing. Well, that's not true. I am reading something right now, but it has to do with a, a class that I'm going through. Um, I think one of my all-time favorites as far as spirituality and something that anybody could identify with, and and we actually pulled this into a study that we did at work, but it's Bob Goff. I love Bob Goff. Uh, love does... And other books that he's written because he's a storyteller and he is a humorist and it's just wonderful to to read his books. Business-wise right now, and I would recommend for anybody that is uh, building or thinking of starting a small business, I'm involved right now with Ramsey Solutions. Um, Mm -hmm. Dave Ramsey wrote Entree Leadership. And he also has a full program that I'm part of right now for the next six months, where we've got an advisory group that we're part of. We support each other, uh, Mm -hmm. and really specifically to meetings and events, it's a lot of articles. I love reading strategic event planning, return on investment articles, things like that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that's usually where my what my head's in when I get a chance to read. Great. Thank you for that.
0: Yeah. Ramsey's always a good one for anything to do with money. Yeah. And I know, yeah. I know some of the stuff you had shared with us, uh, Dan Miller, who it's one of my favorites for career change, too. So he's got 48 days to the work you love and he's got a podcast and all that kind of stuff, too. So that ties in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. <laughs>
1: Uh, Sally, you've been so inspiring, and I, I've learned a lot from you. I really appreciate that you've taken the time out of your day to come and chat with us and answer our questions. Um, how can people find you if they wanted to reach you?
2: Yeah, they can find us. Uh, our website is com. Okay. Um, our phone numbers are on there as well. Uh, we also have uh, Instagram and Facebook. So reach out. We'd
1: love to talk to you. All right. Wonderful. And for everyone listening, we will make sure that's in the show notes so you can follow Sally and Iron Peacock events.
0: Thanks again, Sally. We appreciate you joining us for our, as being our first guest on our podcast. Yeah, it was my you. honor.
1: Thank Perfect. you. Perfect. All right. Thank you, thank you so okay. much. Join us every Thursday for more conversations on life, work, and love. And when you're ready to find your own voice and your own path towards a well-lived life, we'd love to be your coaches. Reach out to us through our websites.
0: You'll find me, Ramey, at renovatedrealities.com.
1: And you'll find me, Bonnie, at bonnieblackstone.com.
0: Thanks for joining us. If you have enjoyed today's episode, Be sure to review, rate, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts.